Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Parenting boys is challenging, isn't it? I have four boys, and most of last fall we talked, or we talked a lot about parenting girls. And you spent time listening to my daughters share some of their thoughts, and I really wanted to have some conversations with mothers of boys about how we can seek out their heart, know them for the individuals and for the young men they're becoming, and walk with them purposefully. This conversation today with Christy Thomas is full of wonderful little nuggets for you mamas out there. Maybe your little boy is young. We talked a lot about little boys, and she's got some amazing books for those ages to communicate big truths. We talked about our bigger boys. I believe you will enjoy this conversation as we begin to navigate through what does it mean to be a student of our child, especially our young men, or as we like to call them in the Kimsey household, men in the making. Hey, welcome back to the kitchen table. This week, I am so excited to begin a conversation with a friend of mine, Christy Thomas. But we're going to be talking today, looking really at how do we walk with our boys. I think this conversation will go for boys and girls, but I do feel like I've spent some time talking about walking with especially girls, and I've heard the question raised to me, okay, Bethany, does this, how does this relate to a mom with sons? So I'm excited today. We're going to be talking about how do we walk with our boys and help them begin to have a faith walk, a faith journey. How do we help them work through thoughts of worry or anxiety or discouragement? How do we help them in a language that works for them? Mm. So Christy, I want you to tell a little bit about yourself, about your family, and who you are, and then we'll get started. Sure. It's great to meet you. Thanks for having me here. I am Christy. I have a different accent. (laughs) I come from (laughs) Western Canada. Uh, So I try not to say the word A, but if you hear it, please excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have three boys, and the oldest is 12, and then I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and we are currently homeschooling them. We've been doing so for a couple years now, and it's, it's been nice, but we have done the whole gamut of homeschooling. We have done Christian school and public school and charter school and now homeschool. And now <laughs> this is the one that I knew that I needed to do from the beginning and I didn't. So God was like, I'm going to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I finally got there and it's really. great. And I also, part of the reason I didn't homeschool at the beginning was because I worked for my church part-time and I was the children's ministry director there for most of about 12 years so that was a really fun job. I just worked part-time working with volunteers and children, and it was fun. And I learned a lot about leadership and talking to children through that. Mm. So, and now mm-hmm. I run a ministry called Little Shoots, Deep Roots, and we talk about yeah. how to nurture the nurture faith in our kids. 
That's yes. what I love. <laughs> yes. And one of the ways that I um, got connected with you is a book that you wrote. And I wanted to talk first about that book, but you've written several books. You have lots actually, like four or five I've seen. Yeah, four. Right? Oh, well, five coming out in February. So okay. depending on when you air this, there might be five. Yes, there might be five. Okay. Well, the one I wanted to talk about today was um, the Mother and Son Prayer Journal. Mm-hmm. And it, you have the title of it, full, the full title is the Mother and Son Prayer Journal, a keepsake devotional to share and connect with God. And I love this journal. I love really? it. The design of the journal for y'all who are listening, the design of it is something for you to do with your son. I mean, it is great conversational, like conversationally driven, (laughs) something Mm -hmm. to do with your child, your boy. And, but in that there is places of journaling and a way to go back and forth. And then for you to begin to write prayers down. And I just thought that was a phenomenal design. Tell me about that a little bit. Like, what was your thought there? Why did you write that book? Well, uh, like a few other things in my life, God had to like knock me on the head a little bit with it. <laughs> so a publisher actually reached out and said, would you write a mother-son prayer journal for us? And I thought, huh, would I? I don't know. So I talked to some people and I said, what do you want? You know, what mm. would you want to teach your sons? And as they talked, I realized, oh, so much of this comes from the story of David. So, yes, and the writings of David. I mean, the Psalms, and there's so much about David in, in the Bible. So I thought, oh, I, I could probably do this. But then the trick was, how do I make something? They wanted a mother-son prayer journal with space for the mom to journal mm-hmm. and the boy to journal. And I thought, well, how how are you? You're trying to do two different things, actually. You're trying to connect with each other on this horizontal plane, but you're also trying to connect with God on this vertical plane, all in like two pages. Yes. <laughs> so that was a little tricky, but it actually ended up working out. I was pretty pleased with how it worked out. So, um, and also... Another contention I had about a mother-son prayer journal was that I don't have boys that love to journal. Yeah. And that's kind of a common thing. So that was a hesitation I had as well. But uh, so I really worked as I was writing the book to make sure that this was something that boys would actually enjoy doing with their mom and it wouldn't feel Mm -hmm. like homework. That's kind of a pet peeve of mine is Mm -hmm. (laughs) devotionals that feel like homework. So I was trying to make it really fun. Kind of like the, the big life journals out there. And they're, yes. they're quite easy. And so that's kind of what I was going for. But, and something that you can use with a variety of ages as well. So I started writing it when my youngest was six and my oldest was 11. And by the time it came out, it, they were seven and 12. So, yeah. And you beta tested it, I'm sure, with your own kids. Oh, right? uh, yes. I beta tested it all the way through with them. If my six-year-old gave me a look like, what? what? I, was, I thought, okay, I guess I better rewrite that one. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't translate well. No. Well, I have used it um, with my my two older boys, my 12 and 14-year-old. Oh, Just cool. as only because sometimes I get stuck. And first of all, I just thought it was a great tool. And sometimes I can get stuck with, how do I make that conversation start? Mm. So like, if it's an obvious way to start it, I could, I feel pretty confident starting, but sometimes it's like, well, how do I like without sending the message and now we have entered Sunday school, how, (laughs) how can I make that segue start? And that's what I really, really loved is that question, that leading question Mm. that you set in place. 
because for the most part, most of those were questions that began to spark conversation Mm -hmm. because personally, my boys who are 12 and 14, one is very talkative about anything, but kind of in a jokester way. Mm -hmm. And one is more internal. So he, he may be processing big things and having big thoughts. The jokester may not really be having big thoughts and that's not a knock on him. It's just his personality. I'm kind of that way too. I live really light and happy, carefree, and I won't have deep thoughts. And he kind of is the same personality. The other one will have deep thoughts, but pulling them out to learn what's going on in his mind is challenging. Yeah. And, and so what those, what the design, what I've enjoyed about the journal personally with my boys is the ability to have those conversations Mm. and you know, I had actually forgotten about that part. <laughs> it's been like six months since yeah. I finished doing it the second time with my boys. And I forgot that's actually something that I was really intentional about. Like, let's talk about a time somebody was mean to you. And you know what I love about that is that I got to tell my stories to my kids too. Yeah. So we were building this relationship. They're building the story of who mommy is. Yeah. I mean, outside of just who they see me as on a day-to-day right. basis. Mm-hmm. So, And you're right. We got to start having those conversations. Well, I think it's important. I think I, I talk about it a lot, um, like in stuff that I write or, you know, when I work with other moms or whatever, but for us as moms to recognize that there is what I call it, because this is just how, I don't know, the little phrasing that God gave me a long time ago is be watching for the holiness in the immediate. So mm-hmm. there is holiness in this immediate moment. And but what I liked about those questions was, is when we were doing it and they were sharing a story of their life and then linking it into scripture and being able to connect my story with the story of the gospel and seeing how really it, it I mean, the same God that was God for David, the same God is God for me. And so my struggle and his struggle. Yeah. I mean, I live in 2021. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a slingshot issue, but it's like there's other things, <laughs> you know, but being able to sometimes I think it's really hard because our what I have found with my children in those years when they're concrete moving to abstract those, you know, young elementary mm-hmm. into the middle school years, making the word of God move from. um. So they've heard all those stories. Yeah. Most of our kids, if they've grown up in our home and we're a believer who've been a believer most of the time that they've been alive as a kid, then we're Mm -hmm. kind of telling them these Mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. But sometimes what happens is they become a story like uh, fairy tales, a story or like any other thing is a story. And these are other stories that we tell and they have a moral but they're a story and helping and, and that's okay in the concrete realm when they're first, second, you know, when they're in that space of their faith walk, but when, when they begin to transition into abstract thought, then they need to begin to understand, well, no, this has complete relevance to me because the same God of that real story, not fairy tale story Mm -hmm. is still the God for me in my story. And I, I really loved that about, I really love it about your journal is that for my boys, it was like, we could kind of click that in place a little bit more. So I appreciated it. 
No, good. (laughs) Yeah, we had some really good conversations, too, and I felt like at least several times there was something that was going on in their life that maybe I didn't quite know how to address, and then we'd pick up the journal at night, and I was like, oh, thanks, God. (laughs) Here's the exact conversation we needed to have about friendships or, you know, whatever. So many things. So many things, because boys, boys struggle just as much as girls do Mm -hmm. in all those spaces. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes a little bit more quietly. Yeah. Just, well, okay. I just don't have friends. <laughs> right. Yes. Have you seen that? Because we've definitely been on that in different seasons with different ones of our kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one that actually one of my hesitations from pulling him out of his charter school was that he had finally made a friend. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I know this is the right thing for your, our family, but we're going to have to start at square one again with friends because his friend lives in a different city. So it's going to be really mm-hmm. hard to keep up with him. Yeah. So that, that's been tricky, but I don't know. We just keep praying about it and <laughs> praying that God will bring in the right friendships. And he's not the kind of kid that like desperately is lonely. Yeah. He's just kind of like, oh, I got my family. I'm at home. I'm good to go. So I want him to have friendships more than he wants to have friendships, I think, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I know. And sometimes we do that, don't we? We, I I have done that with some of mine. But then I have also seen that, um, you know, we have to, our boys can kind of keep some of that on a, on a different level than my girls have. My girls, my older three girls who are old. So the way my birth order goes, I have a boy on top mm-hmm. and then I have three girls and then I have two boys. Then I have a girl and boy. Okay. So the my girls that sit together, there's high drama. There's like, <laughs> you know, all the tea. You know, yeah. everything that is happening in the world most of the time. Now, I'm sure they hold some stuff back for me. But for the most part, or it just takes a little bit of probing and a little bit of conversation and it'll come tumbling out. Mm-hmm. Um, but my oldest boy... I think he felt lonely inside of our family dynamics because it was for the longest time, him and then three girls. And then, then we have the two boys that are together and they can relationally, they have each other. And I think they talk a lot to each other, you Mm -hmm. know, but um, trying to help spark those conversations to learn what's going on in their heart. I have just realized they keep it. They keep it a little bit internal more than my girls do. And so I've had to be much more purposeful, much more intentional because with, like I said, my girls, they can, I can just offer them a Coke and they're going to (laughs) start telling me everything. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, one that is very, very quiet, but I've discovered that if I go for a walk with him, just Mm. the two of us, or if I start to run errands with just him, he just starts talking. And I was, I'm like, who are you child? But he just needs to be alone with me. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah, it really does. I think when we study our kids and begin to realize how they tick, mm-hmm. that helps a lot in just being, okay, so this is how I can reach you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that's good. Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit. You have these two storybooks um, about mm-hmm. Quinn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I don't know who, if you wrote those with one of your children in mind. Or if you just wrote them, but my youngest little boy who is six now, he just turned six this month and he wrestles with those concepts. 
And I wanted you to say, tell a little bit about the books. I want to hear why you wrote the books. If you have a child like mine, tell me some tricks I could use. <laughs> I didn't definitely don't have it all sorted, but I did have a quite anxious child for quite a while. Um, it, you know, from preschool, then to kindergarten where he cried every morning going to school and <laughs> It was a big, hairy deal for a while. So I didn't write these books with my kids in mind, but they did did help my children. <laughs> yes. So um, the one that was really anxious, I think I wrote this when he was in like grade two. He was a little older. Anyway, but so the point of Quinn's Promise Rock is that there's this little owl who is flying out with her dad and she gets worried and she starts asking those what if questions like a lot of our kids mm-hmm. ask what if you fly too high and i can't see you what if you fly too fast what if we, i can't find our home again and he he just takes her to the bo- top of this big mountain and he says first of all look you can see our our tree from there so this mountain will guide you home but god is like this mountain too he never moves he's always there he's a security for you and then they get caught in a storm. So she, he takes her into a cave and he says, just like God is, God is like big and solid like this mountain, but he's also protective like this mm-hmm. cave. So, and then the storm ends and they go to the ground and he picks up this little rock and he says, just like God is big and sturdy like the mountain and protective like the cave, you can also take him with you like this little rock. Mm-hmm. So Quinn's Promise Rock isn't just a little rock, it's rock in all shapes and forms. And that's really from the Bible about God being... Mm-hmm my rock. And so I've talked to a lot of little kids about, you know, you, you might not be able to see God. That was a question that one of my boys asked a lot when he was at preschooler. I can't see God. How do I know that he's real? Yeah. You know, you can't see God, but you can put this little rock in your pocket. And when you put your rock in your pocket, I mean, that's not God, but <laughs> you put it in your pocket and it can remind you that God is real and he is with you. Are you longing to find rest, calm, peace. I know these have become buzzwords in the last few years, haven't they? And I'm excited to tell you, though, that we are going to be understanding how to truly find rest, find peace through the gospel at an upcoming women's conference that I'm going to be leading here in Georgia. And I want to invite you to consider coming. It is going to be March 4th and 5th. And there is an early bird rate that is going through January 24th. And then the final deadline to sign up is, I think, February 24th. All that information is in the show notes. There's an easy link and a promotional video that you can watch that tells a little bit more about our conference. The title is called The Great Exchange, where the gospel meets our moments. Y'all, we all carry so much. All the burdens, all the ways we believe we need to be. And it's time that we shed some of that weight. In fact, all of the weight. We lose the clamps that restrain us and hold us back. And we begin to understand that He offers us peace. So, come rest. A weekend away might be really good. And realign with the truth of the gospel with me at God's Kitchen Table of Grace. Check it out in the show notes you know, kind of with that whole anxiety piece, I really found Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'm sure you know those ones. Mm -hmm. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And when my oldest was in kindergarten, so this was six, seven years ago now, 
Like I said, he was crying every day. He did not want to separate. This was just really hard for him. Like, they had to literally pull him off of me screaming on the first day of Ugh, kindergarten, which I'm sure that so other hard. people had experiences with, right? Yeah. But he was, like, latched around me, yeah. and they had to pull him off, and we're both yeah. crying. And it didn't <laughs> end. It just was like that every day. Yeah. And um, I had been teaching this class about praying biblical blessings over your kids at church. And so I asked him, I think around February, like, Oh, that's a hard word to say. February? February? Anyway. <laughs> um, I asked him if he wanted to pick a new blessing verse, and he picked mm. that verse. And so I just started praying it over him. And a couple months later, I thought, hey, what's going on? He's not anxious anymore. And I started tracing it back to when, mm. I mean, he was still anxious, but going to school was easier. Right. And I traced it back, and it was when I started praying that verse over him every night. And we talked about it every time I prayed over him. And mm-hmm. when he would, you know, these anxieties would come up, he saw, you know, a fight on the playground and it would make him worry that him and his friend wouldn't be friends anymore. Um, so we'd say, look, let's let's talk through this verse again. And it says that we present our request to God with thanksgiving. So what can we thank God for in this moment? And sometimes we had to make it a game in order to kind of yeah. get him out of that funk. But that verse itself provided so much uh, for him and his comfort. And that's still kind of almost like a life verse for him. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, that's funny. Or I don't know. Funny is not, not the right word, but that's interesting. It is almost identical conversation to what mm. we are talking about with our little guy, because yeah. it can be, I mean, right now, well, a few, I think I shared this somewhere and maybe it was on, I don't know where it was, but, um, a few months ago, we were wrestling with this idea. What if, um, what if there's like somebody who bombs us? Oh, wow. And I'm like, where did this come from? And then of course, <laughs> then of course on the world stage after that question, like we've been wrestling with this question for two or three weeks now going every night, but he, it, it's not going to happen. Like and not understanding where it's coming from. And then like two or three weeks later in the world stage, stuff happens that he goes, see, oh. it could happen. I mean, like stuff can happen and, um, you know, and really locking in to that verse and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, this is our hope. Our hope is not us. It is the fact that we get to go to God and present all that our heart feels and thinks to him. And, and then talking about that God's peace will guard us that this like a military wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so, but for for us um right now his worry at night is um snakes now now we're into snakes <laughs> somehow oh, wow. now we've we've moved on which is good because it feels like snakes is not as scary to him but still there's a lot of what ifs about snakes so i really like this book because we actually have taken your book and we use that that kind of um and again, just the conversational tone that you create, Christy, it's really good. It's really, really good. You have a way of making it conversational that I think translates very well to children. Oh, thanks. I well, that's, that. When I write for children, I literally say it out loud and say, how would I explain this to a kid? Let me imagine that I'm Sometimes I actually do talk to my children and work it out that way. Yeah. Like, how, how would I say this? Okay, Ethan, come here. Like, yeah. <laughs> ask me this question and then I'm going to write down what I say to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or I imagine that I'm standing in front of a bunch of children at church and yeah. and talking with them. So, yeah. And the other book comes out of actually more my experience. So when I was mm-hmm. 22, my sister was killed in a car accident. So that was 
a big shock. I mean, that was, it's been a long time now. It's yeah. been like 17 years. You can do the math now as to how old I am. <laughs> um, but it has actually helped my children as well. So Quinn says goodbye is about this, you know, same little mm-hmm. owl and she finds it, uh, firefly yeah. and it's injured. And so they nurse it back to health and it's like her best friend. She's like fostering this little firefly and one day it disappears and her parents say like you know we knew that someday he would have to go back to his family and she's really upset like god why did you let this bad thing happen to me i wanted to take care of him and now i'm sad (laughs) and why why are you letting this bad thing happen i think that's a question we all ask why does god let the bad things happen Mm -hmm. and her mom doesn't give her any pat answers she just says you know what god is here with you and he loves you and he, you know, you can be sad and that's okay. Um, I can't remember exactly what she says. It's been a while ago. God doesn't always stop bad things from happening, but he does promise that he will be with you and he will never stop being your friend. Yes. So then she talks to him. And so actually a couple of years ago, my son's fish died. <laughs> and that was, it was a big deal at the time, <laughs> right? His little goldfish, yeah. he was really sad. Yeah. And then, um, like he was surprisingly sad, actually. I, I didn't expect realize he was that attached to his little fish and then uh about six months ago my parents bird died and my parents have had that bird since i was in high school so this has just been a fixture fixture in my children's life they see this bird once or twice a week yeah and it died and it just brought all those feelings of the fish back and he was like i think he's sad about fishy tricky again (laughs) So then I pulled this out and I said, okay, let's read through this again. Because it's literally about the loss of a pet. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but you can use it in other circumstances too. And it's just, you know what? This, this is what I learned when my sister passed away. There, sometimes there are no reasons that we know. We can't give our kids pet answers. Well, you know, he's, God wanted him in heaven or something. You know, those are terrible things Mm -hmm. to say to somebody who's grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But just, you know, God is there with you. Sometimes he doesn't stop bad things from happening. We don't understand it, but he is with us. And he it's the same message as the other one. He can still bring us peace yes, and joy and love. And he brings us healing over time. So that's what I, I really wanted them to know that even before they had to deal with big issues in their lives. Mm-hmm. But, you know, big losses, because we're all going to deal with those. So yeah. I wanted to share this with them before. So they already had this truth in their heart that God... Because we get a lot of people start questioning God when bad things happen to them. Why did you let this happen? Are you even real? Well, yes, <laughs> he does let them happen, but he is real and he comforts us in them. So yeah. I felt that that was really important for my kids and then for other kids as well. It's so good. It, again, it really is. Because I think that those are the hard conversations to navigate mm-hmm. with kids especially if you grew up and either people didn't want to have those conversations. Like if you haven't had modeling in it, you know, like you didn't experience a loss as a child and have somebody biblically walk you through it. And they did give you trite answers or like get over it, whatever, like minimize. You should have prayed harder and harder or. Yeah. (laughs) If any of those things has happened to you, then it becomes really, really hard to go. What is the right thing? How do I do this better? Hmm. And um, so I love, I really, I really like that about um, Quinn and her little firefly friend when I, because when I read that, I was like, I was, I was kind of waiting to see either the firefly come back. 
And I was nope. like, if that firefly comes back, I'm going to personally be disappointed. <laughs> nope. <laughs> because we can't have stories always just be like, and then they came back and lived happily ever after. I mean, some yeah. loss happens. But what I did love is even though she then goes and sees a lot of fireflies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very end, she f- she finds a field full of fireflies and they just she, remind her of Blink. She realizes that it's okay to have memories. It's okay to yeah. like remember and be okay in the now with, mm-hmm. you know, even the fact there's a loss in there. I don't know. I, I thought it was good. It, there is so much more to a 700 word story than I know, think, right? <laughs> I know. But, you know, I know that I just, my last little guy is highly feeling and mm. highly thoughtful you know, which is funny that I've had eight kids and this is the first one that I'm like, you are really, you know, you, I mean, we go into deep conversations with him. Like, wow. This is deep. I don't know why we have to be this deep, but um, <laughs> you got to have a deep one. I mean, if you're going to have eight kids, you've got to have one that keeps you on your toes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can we like just talk about who's going to win the ball game? Like, <laughs> But it's so I welcome all those kinds of tools um, Mm -hmm. to use because he needs those tools um, a lot. It's good to have a biblical way to address those things, too, because there's a lot out there Mm -hmm. in, you know, counseling books and stuff. But we want to talk about God in that as well. Yes. Yeah. Really to anchor, throw that anchor in place. Yeah. You know, from this standpoint. Cause that's usually what we talk about in our home too. We always kind of go, okay, here's, here's what we're going to hold on to. Hmm. This is what we know. And now we're going to keep holding it and we're going to walk through, you know, oh. your fear or your, you know, but we're going to hold here. You can't like, yeah. you know, we're not letting go of this truth. The one truth, God is real. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He never stops loving you. That's I love real- that idea of just like, this is the anchor. And then now we go and we mm-hmm. go through the weeds. We're going <laughs> to go through it all. It out, right? It's okay to talk like, about those things. I got you tight. So mm-hmm. um, I just really appreciate all of these. And I'm going to, I want to get, I'm going to have in the show notes links to the mother and son prayer devotional and a prayer mm-hmm. journal. And I will definitely also actually link probably those two little picture books. But um, last question. Okay. I have for you that I was thinking about asking you is when you work with your boys and I'm sure you see lots of fruit of working with them, but where do you sometimes find struggles and what, what do you do when you're engaging in some, and we've shared a little bit inside of all these stories, we've shared some struggles, but what is your, well, when you've had a struggle with a child and communicating a big God truth, Hmm. What is the first thing that you kind of go, okay, this is my struggle and this is how I'm going to deal with this struggle? I talked to God about it. (laughs) There have been many times where I've been like, holy God, like (laughs) I'm praying, (laughs) help me. I have no idea how to answer this question. Like I said, my four-year-old, yeah, so he's 10 now, but when he was four, he said, God, how do I, or mom, how do I know God is real and I can't see him? And he's asked those kind of questions and has kind of just this very like, mm, I 
know about that mom kind of face like for the mm-hmm. for his whole 10 years ever since yes. he could talk he's been a little bit skeptical mm-hmm. and so sometimes he asks me questions and i think okay god <laughs> help me here uh, or you know and then i'll just tell him can you just give me a minute <laughs> yeah i need to think about this or sometimes it's been like a big i've had a blowout with my oldest like we are very similar in personality and we can get like emotional fast. And so sometimes we, we've been known to butt heads in the past, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have one like that too, or more than one. Yes. Um, so that's been interesting, but there recently I've been learning to just let him go to his room, go stomp off, go slam your door, whatever. And then I just say, God, like help me here. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. how to deal with this with my son. And one time God told me to write a story. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I wrote the story about these two hedgehogs that were, I think they were fighting about something. And so, that, but I didn't end it. And I, I brought it to him and, and said, okay, so what do you think the ending should be? And so, I mean, that was, that was only once. And that was probably kind of a unique thing to me because I like stories <laughs> and writing them. Yeah. But it wasn't like, you know, the most amazing story in the world. I wouldn't publish it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but it was just one like work. unique way that God used my skills and gifting to speak to my child in a way that other people might not be able to. So I just, I know that's not going to be everybody's gifting, like to be able to speak to children, but God is all we need. Like I always think back to in Acts when Peter and John are brought before the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin mm. has, says, you know what? We don't know what's going on with these guys. Yeah. But we can tell that they've been with Jesus. And so that it was Jesus and the Holy Spirit that changed them from these like fishermen <laughs> into the rocks of the church. And yeah. it wasn't their knowledge or their ability to communicate. I mean, Peter was, they were both, yeah, they were both fishermen. So they were not people yeah. probably that were prized for their ability to communicate right. with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we see after they're filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly they're preaching to everybody mm-hmm. and people are changing. And so I really believe that as moms, we're often in that place too, where I'm, I'm just a fisherman. I'm just a, I sell Osborne books or <laughs> yeah. like, I, I'm just quiet. I don't know how to explain things to kids, but when we invite the Holy Spirit in, he can give us the words. And that's specifically what he Mm. says in the Bible. I mean, we always think of it in the context of missions or defending our faith. Like God will help you know what to say in the moment, but he does with our children too. Right. And sometimes we miss those moments and it's okay. And then we can talk to God and say, what should I have said? Like, is there something that I could have said? Because those moments will probably show up again. And next time we'll be prepared. Mm -hmm. It's also important to remember that parenting is a long game. It's not... Mm -hmm. You know, you missed your moment. Your kids screwed up for life. <laughs> yeah, no. But, you know, we've got a lot of years with our kids. And yes, we want mm-hmm. to catch those moments when we can. But we're going to mess up. And we're going to miss some of those moments. But then we can bring them to God and say, hmm, what could I have said? And maybe I need to search the Bible right now for an answer. Or talk to a friend and see if they have an idea of, you know, a scripture that I could have shared with my kid. And then the next time it comes up. I'll be ready. Be ready. That's right. So, because it is going to come up again because we've got 18 plus years with them, hopefully. Yeah. That is, yes, so much truth right there. Those were <laughs> golden nuggets. Those that those were gems, Christy, because it's so true. 
it's so true as, as I'm parenting adult children, I mean, it's, yeah, the, the role has shifted. It's mm-hmm. more of a um, friendly advisor, you know, I'm not, I'm not parenting them actively where I'm going to, you know, discipline them like you do a three-year-old, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but in some ways what I've realized, and I'm kind of shocked by it, but that the role actually becomes a little more powerful or a little more, uh, I mean, like there's more, like they're coming because they're like, I need to know what you think and I can't make them do anything. But I think in that place, I mean, there's still parenting that's happening where I'm like, well, I think, what do you think about this in terms of wisdom and what the word says? And, you know, and you're having those conversations and reminding them of truths. So yeah, parenting goes on for a long time, I guess. It's not, <laughs> I guess you hope, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess my parents only got 18 years, but that's not usual. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's true. And I do think though, that, um, you know, to be able to remember in the moments that that God isn't displeased or going, well, you screwed it up when you <laughs> don't know what to say, but instead is compassionate to you and wanting to reveal to you what you could say the next time mm-hmm. or helping you understand the heart of your child that oh yeah. yeah maybe you didn't understand in the moment and you're like, you go to the Lord. I mean, I know there's been so many times where we've had like this not good interaction. And I sit with the Lord and, and all of a sudden he goes, do you understand this about your child? And kind of flips the, you know, flips it a little bit. And all of a sudden I can see that child's heart and go, oh my gosh, they're operating with that, you know, that, that mindset or that they believe that, or this is where they're hurting. I didn't see it. And being able to go. So God is so faithful to us in that. Yeah. Yeah. He just reveals things that we wouldn't know otherwise, but we got to be listening, right? If we're just trying mm-hmm. to do it all on our own power, we might be good parents, but um, we're not going to be Holy Spirit filled parents. <laughs> no, that's true. And that is a word. <laughs> oh, and on that note, I, lo- I have loved talking. I think we could talk for forever. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, but um, I am so glad. Thank you for being on today and sharing these, just these truth pieces. That is so, I know that so many listeners are going to listen and re-listen to this, Christy. I thank you. And I will have in the show notes for everybody listening, I will have where you can find her prayer journal Mm -hmm. and where you can find these other books and all the other things that she has created. And we're going to link up to your um, Instagram as well. And maybe your website. Do you have a website? Yeah. Little shoots, deep roots. Um, okay, if they, yeah, I knew that. If you want to go on there, I have, I talk yeah. a lot about like little faith habits in your life. And if you're trying to, you know, start these conversations intentionally or read the Bible with your kids and or pray, and it just doesn't feel like it's fitting into your day, you just go right to my homepage. I have a free download called the Start Little Guide. Perfect. And that can help you start little with all these things that we're talking about. Perfect. So y'all need to go and find her and it will all be in the show notes. It'll be super easy to find, but Christy, I appreciate you today. Thank you for coming and sitting with me and just sharing. It means a lot for having me. This is, I've learned a lot too. I love talking with you. (laughs) So until next time, y'all, I want everybody to have a wonderful, wonderful week. And please remember that God is faithful to you. He is faithful to you in this mothering journey. It's a hard, but very beautiful.
time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.